Welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. This is episode number 36. Ooh, 36. It really should be 37, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous, man. Uh, I can't say for, for last week I was doing fabulous. I was actually going through like a bit of a... Uh, I don't want to say a hard time because, you know, people go through harder times. I was going through a complicated time, a mix of uh, headspace. And uh, I couldn't quite just, you know, get myself focused. And I thought it would be very much a disservice to uh, record um, when my mind's not right. You know, the worst thing you can do is like get on and just phone it in, just kind of be low energy, low passion. Nothing really to talk about because I spent a better part of, you know, two, three weeks just kind of not doing a lot. Uh, a little bit of video gaming here and there, uh, finishing up some projects, um, working a lot, been doing like free as no not free sorry six day uh weeks um for the past i don't know about month if if anyone listening that really wants to know about what tony's doing he wants all the money i want some of the money money, man he wants all the money i want all the money i want your money i want you to put money in my pocket like really and truly i think you lot out there whoever's listening should post me your money because i want it i want it all uh, but no, he's not wrong. Like you know, I'm saving towards my mortgage. Uh, I wanna, I wanna buy a house and a boat. That's what Ken's doing. Um, uh, but yeah, no, he's right. It should be technically episode um thirty. What do you say, thirty six? Thirty seven. Thirty seven. It should be thirty seven. Oh, but we we yeah, missed a week, yeah. which is unfortunate. That's on me. Uh, you know, I've disappointed you. I disappointed myself. Hope you you lot haven't missed us too much. Uh, but other than that, can I am you know what I like to say every morning when my girlfriend asks me, uh, how are you feeling? And I say, I'm glorious, baby. I'm glorious. So uh, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, it, it's the uh, final, it's the final week, the final countdown before school starts, and mm-hmm. uh, the madness ensues. So uh, for the last week or so, I've been just doing schoolwork stuff just to make sure towards the end of my holiday, you know, working during your holiday, yes. in preparation of the badness, yes, that everything is sorted out in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully no one in my school is listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. but um, I've become a professional, I repeat, a professional, I'm a work at my own pace type guy. Mm-hmm. People never know how long it takes me to do anything. Right. I told them, oh yeah, yeah, I sort out in about a week and a half. Yeah. I sort out in two days. Yeah. But because I can do that, people don't know how long it takes me to do stuff. So, in those couple of days, I'll be like, oh, no, 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 he's busy. So dare I, a week and a half to do something, so don't ask him to do anything. So dare I, I say that you are yeah. instituting buffer time. Thank you. Thank you. You use the words that I use, bro. Mm-hmm. Buffer time. I yeah. give myself buffer time. Mm-hmm. Um, because the more available you are, the more efficient you are, and Tony has suffered from this. I think we've talked about this in the past. The better you are at working uh, for your company, the more competent you are, the more jobs that they give you because they know you're competent and reliable. Whereas yeah. people that are incompetent, mm-hmm. they give them the easy jobs because they can't fire them. It's like, all right, cool. Let me just give them the easy job and just get all my life and no stress. Yeah. So managers give Tony uh, or people like Tony and myself all the jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to have more control of how much time I spend at work. So the biggest thing for me, yeah. and, it's, and it's the same word that I use every single year, is be preemptive. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening to this and, and finds themselves in a similar situation, be preemptive. When I say be preemptive, like make sure you're aware of the things that you need to do as soon as possible. So start thinking, okay, it's this time. In a couple of weeks' time, 
this thing should happen. Then we start preparing for that. That way, if anyone comes to you, because how many times it's happened to people like myself or anyone else, where someone comes to you out of the blue, like, oh yeah, yeah, I've sorted this thing out, this, 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 but because you haven't thought about it, because you haven't really processed it, mm-hmm. you kind of just say yes. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, sugar, there's a lot to actually do with this. And then it's now taking out more time. But if you've preemptively done it, then two things can happen. You could have already started on it and therefore you can uh, 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 just say like, oh yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Or you can power it off to someone else because you can delegate depending yeah. on what position you are. Not not to power it off and like, all right, cool, it's not my problem anymore. If you haven't in a position to delegate, but do that. Or you can even delegate to the person giving you the task. Oh, I completely agree with you with this, 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 and this. But it seems like I need a bit more help with this because of blah, blah, blah. So I handle this and you handle this. And then we can be in the middle. Meet up next week, Wednesday. When I can really fit, sort it out in two days' time. Mm-hmm. And then it makes life a lot more easier. But that's not what today is about. I'm just letting people know how uh, I plan to give myself time and still make the same amount of money. Yeah. It's all about, so, yeah, man. It's all about being like uh, intentional, thoughtful, and... Just playing that life chess, you know, you, you know, with with chess, it's like it's one of those games that people say all the time. You have to think several moves ahead. It's not it's not good enough to just think about the next thing that you're gonna do. You need to be intentional with your actions and say, "Hey, I'm making this move because I know in six moves time I can be in the position to do this." Um, and that's what people need to be able to apply to their life and. It comes down to simple things like, you know, what I'm doing, saving, you know, you're saving now and you're anticipating that in two years time, if you give yourself that, that barrier of strict savings, that you will be in the position to do this. And you're saying to yourself that it's this amount of time because I want this amount of money because it gives me this room to maneuver that, yeah, I actually have a greater amount of money, a greater deposit. So it gives you options in terms of properties that you can look at in terms of you know deposits and stuff like that i think um in this day and age people are too quick in their actions um in their motives and it's like that quick gratification i'm going to do this quickly because i want to do it now and um that's a that's a quick way to uh to turmoil to, to to the detriment of your your life and you know you just need you need to just play that that chess and if you can play that three-dimensional chess you know Think about it on multiple yeah. levels. And me talking in metaphors right now, I am going to move on swiftly. Ken, let's talk about the news. I am not Huey Lewis, but this is the news. Ken, what's, what's popping up in the news right now on your side? What's popping up in the news? Well, there's been a couple of things to happen in the news that have given people, well, nerds in particular, like uh, to, to rejoice and praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one, we'll start with the big one first before we move on to the other one. And that is Spider-Man's trailer. Spider-Man. Now, if anyone... Uh, I think it's gone through all generations up mm-hmm. until now. So it, it's it's got a, a knock-on effect for literally decades ago. Um, however, films only started in the early 2000s. Uh, Live-action films. So, oh, no, not even that. Live-action films happened a while back ago, but uh, big-budget live-action films only happened in the early 2000s because there were one uh, versions of Spider-Man, even a Japanese version that was live-action. Mm-hmm. Uh, however... With the first set of Spider-Man films, it has transcended over almost over 20 years now of three, four, five, six, seven films. We're about to have the eighth Spider-Man film. Uh, and it's it's a huge event because um, of the subject matter or like the storylines that's happened through it. Um, what helped hype it 
and I know Tony, you know this. Before the trailer dropped, there was a leak, like poor potato quality uh, version of the trailer being leaked, and then that may have forced uh, Marvel to release the real trailer the day after, mm-hmm. or maybe it was cultivated and they did that. But you know, I'm not going to speak on another company's uh, practices when it comes to marketing. But the first trailer dropped. Um, and it, it blew everyone's mind because a lot of things that people speculated was absolutely true or, or came to fruition in this actual trailer, which we might touch upon a little bit. Uh, and the reason why it's been so big, because the trailer's breaking records, people are talking about it's being relevant. Um, it's weird because Shang-Chi uh, in the UK is about to do its cycle, but now yeah. people are talking about Spider-Man. You want people still talking about the Shang-Chi, other properties. Yeah. I know, I know it's out in America at the moment. A lot of people are reviewing it online. Yeah. Uh, but it's not quite here yet. Yeah. So a lot, and maybe that's why they're dropping the trailer because Shang-Chi is having its time uh, and it, they're done with the marketing cycle and now they're starting with the Spider-Man cycle. See, that's what I, um, I, will, I will interject in this is I think it's the thing that we always forget, right? But it's the classic thing that Marvel does. I think this trailer was supposed to drop as uh, the opener to Shang-Chi. But the problem is because it leaked early, you need to ride the wave, right? It's going out there. You don't want the bad press of people seeing the unedited trailer with none of the good CGs. Oh, crap. You messed up our plans. This was supposed to buffer the beginning of Shang-Chi, you know, during the credits, uh, not the credits, but the trailer part of when you go to the cinema. You know, just screwed us. We're going to have to drop it now. And I think that's the unfortunate thing about it that, Marvel's always relied on the current movie almost marketing the next movie. Either it's be through the trailers before or the after credits stinger. It's always yeah. that cycle. But this one... I've, it, I've got a question for you, Tony, yeah. actually. Like, in this entire situation of the leak and then having to release the trailer a bit earlier, mm-hmm. who gets fired in this situation? Who, who's in trouble? Because obviously the person that leaked it, they might get found out, but like... Who's the natural person to be like, all right, cool, this is your fault. Whose fault is this? I don't know whether it's anybody's fault. I think it's, it's going to go into investigation because I think from what I've seen of the, the clip, granted, I've only seen it. It's like a screen off of a screen off of a screen. So for the original video that's going off, it's not actually off of the um, the screen itself. Somebody's recording it on the phone. Then somebody's recording it again off of their phone and disseminated that. So it's like a video of a video. So the question you need to ask is like, who is that first person that was actually recording the trailer off of their phone? Which goes back to my question, Tony. Yeah. Who gets fired? Like, who gets in trouble the most? I, it's, I, I think it's the whoever... Because you'd think they'll have security for all of this stuff, right? You'd think they'll have be, be tight, closed after Tom Holland ma- made mistakes in the past or mm-hmm. other characters made mistakes in the past yeah. about plot lines or anything yeah. or when things are dropping. But obviously, the, none of the actors were involved yeah. in this leak. Well, at least I don't think so. So... Yeah. Is, is it security? Is, is it um, like, because it, it shouldn't depends. that door be closed? It all depends. You know I, mean? I think what, they're, they're going to do the investigation. And if they can figure out that if this was in like the editing room, like the room in which or the company that was editing the trailer and some idiot invited their friends over to see, oh, look what I'm working on. And the friend was the one that recorded it. I think that's what they need to be able to to track down since this is not as simple as like oh it was one of the actors like tom holland who stupidly recorded it on his phone we would have known about that that would have been public knowledge and obviously he's not getting fired he's messed up enough times in the mcu he's not going to get fired 
Um, Wait, Mickey Mouse is about to walk through the studio. <laughs> yeah. No one better catch his eye, man. No I one mean, better catch his like, eye. Like, Mickey's just going to be on a death path. Right? Worst case scenario, a whole department gets fired. Best case scenario, the person that is responsible gets fired. Boy. Or no one gets found out. Yeah. But regardless of that, how did you how did you find the trailer, Tony? I thought, okay. So do you want to get into that now or do you want to finish off some news? Uh, okay, let's talk about other news and then do a bit of a dive, uh, a deep dive into the trailer. Okay. Another quick piece of news that I just discovered today is, uh, Ken, are you familiar with the band Nirvana? Yes. Yes, I am. So you got lead singer Kurt Cobain who, you know, unfortunately mm-hmm. passed. Um, I'm only familiar with one of the other performers because like he's the lead in, uh, the Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl. Um, he's also was the drummer for Nirvana. So I, I, it's, uh, I just discovered today that the, um, so they're famous for this album cover and on the album cover, um, it's a, a picture of a baby falling like I in a pool this. Yeah. and, and trying to reach a dollar. Right. And so now the person that actually was the baby in question in that picture is suing the band Nirvana, the remaining members of the band, um, for I think it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars each, which is a, a weird particular dollar amount to sue somebody. Um, f- basically, he is a legend, and I won't say this. I'll try to find a way. The dissemination of inappropriate material. Let's put it that way, right? Because he was a baby at the time, and you're seeing his uh thangus, his wangus in the album cover. But it's been thirty years, Ken. I'm assuming the the guy is thirty years old. Um. It's been 30 years. He, he's a person that, from all accounts, has been very positive about, you know, being the baby on the cover of the Nirvana album. Uh, every time there's uh, an annual celebration of Nirvana, he's there front and center saying, hey, I'm the baby of the cover. So the question is yeah. to ask is, like, what has changed in his circumstances to pursue this? And why that particular charge? Because for the most part, for the past 30 years, this has been an innocuous thing. This has been a, something that nobody's actually looked into to think, yeah, like, oh, that's completely inappropriate because I think it, it brings up a bigger issue now. What do you do in other things now, right? What do you do in film when you're depict, depicting a baby being born? The amount of shows and movies that I've seen where a baby's born and you're seeing their genitalia, nobody says anything. Yeah, there's, there's contracts for those. There's contract for those for sure. Oh no! Like, but- I don't think there was a contract for for this one in particular. I think it was an, a picture that they used, and you know, out of the goodness of his heart, he didn't really make really care. It's like, oh yeah, that was me, haha. <laughs> but and that was but it. I and th- then they made their money and everything. I think what's the interesting thing is that like it calls into a great issue. Like, there's a good chance that this is going to get laughed at a court. But put yourself in this position, and I actually thought about this. Nobody actually said this, but I thought about this, right? What if that was me, right? I would think to myself, I didn't have a choice in that. I was a baby. I didn't make any money off of that. My parents did. And this thing has been disseminated for 30 years worldwide. I'm thinking, yo, I need to get something out because that is me. That is my thangus, my wangus out there. Okay. Well, what what I would say is it sounds like either he's spoken to legal counsel Mm -hmm. or someone and someone says he might have a case yes. i don't know the law yes. uh, in the states or america about how things work yes but i can imagine when it comes to particular things like this yes there might be a little sliver or a loophole to say like oh you can only use pictures blah 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 because mm-hmm. you have to tick these certain boxes yes. maybe they ticked the majority of the boxes and they missed that one thing 30 yeah. years ago and that's what he's leaning heavily on and that's where the court might be like well 
you know, Lady Liberty is blind because they didn't do this one thing 30 years ago. Yeah. Then this guy gets rewarded a million pounds or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, so the thing is, this is we'll see. this is where it becomes interesting, right? The difference between criminal law and civil law, right? Um, yeah. With with civil law, there's a lot more opportunity. Well, granted, criminal law is the same thing, but with law, and I only know this off a of third hand. I've, I've, uh, I used to date somebody that was a lawyer and when you when when i was go- when i was kind of with her and she was going through her training and stuff and you know explaining to me how the 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 law works is like there's always opportunities to set precedent right because the law is never perfect there's always like a snapshot of that moment in time right and it's, it's ever evolving and how it evolves is that it's initially something that's taken to court and it says like well you can't do that this is the law so like well you haven't taken into account this unique situation so like we we know that like if i was to become an actor or a model or something like that i'm signing a contract and i i within that contract there will be probably a clause that it gives them per- permission to use my likeness either it's for a fixed period of time or for infinitum right and you choose to sign that contract or not now i think what's interesting and what's unique about this again i do not know what arguments they're going to pose is that the law that law in any form of 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 media does not take into account that you are not the primary person engaging in that contract when it's a ba- if i have a baby that baby is not entering into that contract i am a proxy for that baby right i'm the one that's signing away his likeness so maybe yeah. there's an opportunity in court to set precedent that say like maybe these these kind of uh, contracts either don't exist anymore, so you'll never see babies in film in terms of giving birth and all of that because of that fact, because they, they've never given the opportunity to actually reap the benefits in adulthood for said contracts, or it becomes a thing where episodes are purposely not shot to avoid that, right? You'll never, like in a medical drama, you'll never see... It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I... Th- I mean, one- you know... Because I, 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 I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. it, regardless of what happens, it sets a new precedent. Uh, 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 it uh, could for all of this. It and, could. It and, could. We don't know. And then what? What it could do is it might open up or reopen cases from the past because mm-hmm. there's been a new uh, standard set, and it will lead to a lot more lawsuits and all of that. Yeah. And you know, it might just like I said, it might change TV and films and how they're done. They might use animatronic babies or anything like that. You know, that, they, that they, is they true. Always find ways. Uh, around it you know what i mean yeah like even for i remember hearing this a while back ago you know for people jumping off of buildings uh just to get as realistic and minimize the amount of cuts they've actually made robots mm-hmm. to move in you know mid-air very yeah. realistic ones that yeah. have a few lines of code so that they can actually move their arms and legs realistically yeah so people can quote unquote create you know robotic stunt doubles yeah to you know, literally jump out a window and crack open their skull, so that they can slightly touch up on and brush up on um, you know any digital software. Now, if they can do that, mm-hmm. then uh, I, I I can imagine. I don't know how complex it would be, but how far away could they from making an animatronic baby? Not you know f- I mean? not far. I guess it's just the cost of exactly. it, right? Because the, the, there's a difference in cost in building an animatronic baby and sorry, animatronic baby. And making it as realistic as possible, and it's probably. Fun. I mean, you build it once, you shop it out to different studios. Ah, but you know what I mean, because like, you could just reuse the baby. True, it's but being born again. What happens when you have situations like, oh, this time it's a Hispanic baby, now it's an Asian baby. Cool. It's like when you got yeah, like some, when you got like a medical drama, 
that's swap out the bits as well swap out the genitalia you know that might you not know, be press a button and, it, and, it, and it, it falls right off my assumption is that might not be feasible <laughs> that might just be I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just talking yeah. like out, out loud just, just shooting shit but yeah. you know all, all we do know is they will always find a way around it yeah and I'm worried to see if something like this helps push the whole idea of creating a new law mm-hmm. which will therefore open up a lot of cases in the past yeah all right, so let's let's circle back onto the Spider-Man trailer because I think that's in terms of major news. Other, other than that, you know, this the the uh, the morning of Chadwick Bosman. It's been a year, um, which is which is one of those yeah. ones. It was funny. My, I was on the phone to my girlfriend about it, and I was like oddly silent. Um, and she said, like, I don't know anybody that's been more affected by Chadwick's dying than you. Like. And like it's one of those ones. That I'm 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 very much a person that I I bang hard for the people that um I that entertain me and also I've been following from as early on. Like I I've been following Chadwick Bos- Chadwick Bosman as early on as Fringe and Justified. You know, people probably don't even know that he was in those shows. That outside yeah, yeah, of yeah, I remember when he popped up in Fringe. There we amazing. go. So it's one of those ones it's like he's always been on my radar and I've always kind of rooted for him to blow and when he finally did blow with Black Panther it was like kind of like triumphant, you know. It's like I think the same way people bang for people like Michael Jordan and stuff. Not to say he's on the same level, but I'll tell you this, if uh, if Donald the day Donald Glover passes and I'm still around, that's going to break my heart because he's very much a person that's been a major uh, influence on me in terms of everything that I do. Like this guy does everything and he's always done everything. He sings, he raps, he produces, he, he writes, he directs, he, 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 you know, he acts. I might've said that already, but he does do that a lot. And it literally seeing him and off of getting his first album and that album moving me to the point that I consume all of his media since again, I'm not outside of possible criticism. Some of his albums, well, one of which in particular, I'm not a big fan of, um, but that's just me being honest. But the day he passes, that is going to leave a major hole in my heart of this person. That was pretty much an inspiration, a role model for me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the gambit though, man. Yeah. That's the gambit. Like the pe- the people that we, that, that help us become who we are, that actually have a positive influence in our lives. I know people that have come from, you know, people like uh, Nicki Minaj saying yes. like, oh, Nicki Minaj saved my life because of the positivity that she gives mm-hmm. uh, from different things. You know, like there's a lot of examples for different, but like yeah. when someone has that much of an impact in your life, it, it, it helps you become who you are. You now have a strong connection. Yeah. And the minute a passing happens, the pain is, is, is well, it's painful. Yeah. But that's the gambit that we that we take mm-hmm. you know when when our loved ones pass away the pain that we feel is a testament to how much we cared about them and how much we actually do love them yes so chadwick passing away or any of the people that made us who we are passing away yes when uh, uh you know when they do like it that, that just remember then pro- there's probably going to be one of the only few solaces that we have mm-hmm. from it that pain shows how much you cared about them right and that pain is the thing that help you remember them and help you even inspire other people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's 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 a shame because Chadwick did that for a lot of people. I've been seeing all the posts, all the stories, all yeah. the everything, and it's just it, it truly is painful. I'm, I haven't followed him as much as you have yeah. or uh, of other people, um, but you know it still stings. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, that shows the amount of impact and how much he's actually affected people's lives. Yeah, like Black Panther one blew up it, it, blew, it blew up, up. And, and it 
I've seen people crying. I've seen kids dancing. I've seen people rejoicing. I've seen people saying this is their favorite film. Even the, like story-wise or thematically, it wasn't the best, but it had that much of an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, yeah. bad props. Um, but on, on more positive news, let's talk about the, the Spider-Man trailer again. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, mine's going to be fairly brief. I'm going to jump in between uh, some of the things that you say. Yeah. Um, just to tell everyone once again, for the people that have been listening from the beginning, as you know, I do not like watching trailers. Yes. Um, and the main reason I don't like watching trailers is because I am over 30 years old. I've been watching films for close to about over 25 years. Right. right? So things that genuinely entertained me when I was younger was brand new to me. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I was even talking about it with comedy. Comedy, when I was younger, had me pausing videos, holding my ribs, gasping for breath because I've never heard them kind of jokes before. But as you live life, as you go through TV shows, films, comedy shows, one-off specials, one-hour specials, they become to have less of effect. Mm -hmm. You start to appreciate, you know, more nuanced things rather than the entire experience, mainly because you've gone through it so many different times. So that's why I try to avoid trailers so I can just have a semblance of that with the least amount of, you know, information about the film. I just want to be surprised like I was a kid again. However, I could not avoid this one. This one was a huge one. And I think, you know, down to the characters that we saw from this, from the trailers, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm very excited about it. To the point where I'm done. I'm done watching trailers. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like... I'm done watching, like, I got all that I need. I'm speculating in my head about what this means, what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had uh, rumours about Electro, Jamie Foxx's Electro coming back. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the trailer, I guess. Um, wait, wait, hold back. on. Let me stop you there. Can, can you, you, did you really do a spoiler alert for a trailer? It's a fucking trailer. They're designed to spoil things. <laughs> like, that's the, the whole thing is to spoil for marketing purposes. So let's not, Tony, let's not Tony, get into this you're precedent. You're speaking as a logical person. <laughs> what you're saying makes perfect logical sense. Yeah. Can you tell me people think logically all the time? I mean, they... yes, it might be a small percentage of people that might be like, oh, no, no, no. But you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. But you're right. Like trailers are meant to be like, we're meant to reveal things. Yeah. However, there are some trailers that are over, they're heavy handed. Like, oh, oh let yeah. me show you very, the entire much bloody true. plot. Or let me show you the main twist yeah. of this entire show. Like, Terminator franchise has been notorious for this. Mm. Almost every single uh, Terminator trailer has revealed the the main twist in all the films. Yeah. For example, uh, in T2, uh, yeah, I don't care. T2 about uh, uh, the Terminator being on the good side. And uh, the one well, that was never a twist, though. That was never a twist because he, I've well, seen. No, I've, it wasn't a twist because yeah. it was in the trailer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, in the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger was against John, uh, uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah. Right? In the second one, the way they shot it with him, like, holding the bunches of roses and pulling out the shotgun, yeah. made it seem like, oh, snap, he's back. He's bigger and better and in a nicer jacket. Yeah. He's about to kill John Connor, her yeah. son. Yeah. And then he's like, get down, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. It's like, what? What's a twist? And it well, was in the trailer? Well, I don't Are think that nuts? was in the original trailer. I, I think that's actually... Yes, it was. In the very original, when the marking was out, because I've seen tra- uh, trailers yeah, that have actually was. changed like, with the To the, the point re-releases. where people have been so violent about it online. Like yeah. People have made videos about it, how like the trailer for Terminator films yeah. are always are always bad yeah. because it always revealed the main twist. Even like the one with the lady from Game of Thrones. Yeah. When we find out John Connor surprise surprise was a hybrid <laughs> robot thing and that was in the trailer yeah. first trailer yeah you know what I mean like but I digress 
trailers are meant to get like make you interested in the film, yeah. not reveal the entire plot or even the major twist. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we had Tony. Can you give me more characters that may have appeared in? Well, let's in let's actually trailer. break down the trailer. Uh, spoiler alert for any sensitive people out there. But like this trailer opens they up. Reveal a bit of the plot. They reveal a bit of the plot. Yeah. So the trailer leads off of the events of the previous movie where it's been revealed who the identity of Spider-Man is. Uh, Pete is going through a hard time legally and personally because he's now become this megastar. It's megastar or infamy, uh, infamous, Uh, but it alludes to the fact that he might be going through legal issues as well. Quote unquote, there's been rumors that Matt Murdock uh, from the Netflix Daredevil might be in it. I would hope so. Um... Then it progresses to him basically meeting up with Doctor Strange and asking Doctor Strange, um, is it possible to do some magic witchy woo to basically make it seem like nobody knew who I am? And obviously you've got his partner Wong who's off to do something, um, maybe related to Shang-Chi, maybe not, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but he's <laughs> off to do something. He's gone to make a cameo. <laughs> yes. And uh, he warns him and say, hey, stop messing with time. You did that before. Cool. You saved the world. You can't keep on doing that. All right. You literally created your own villain because of that stuff. Stop it. And he's like, yeah, no, I definitely won't do it. Yeah, we're going to do this. And he, they proceed to do a spell. But because Peter being a teenager and being panicked and stressed, he starts talking too much and it modifies the spell and basically creates what we believe to be possibly a multiverse explosion. And skipping to the end of the trailer, it appears that Alfred Molina, the person that played Dr. Octopus um, or Dr. Otto Octavius in Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, appears and says hello to Peter. And that's the trailer in a nutshell. Um, you know that reminded me of? What did it remind you of? It reminded me of how Spider-Man was introduced to the MCU, where he took capsule and landed like, Hey, hey everyone. Guys. Yeah. No, do you hey know everyone. do you know what? That might be intentional, that might be purely a coincidence, but I I I I'll yeah. give you that one. That is that is a good eye. Um yeah. so all in all, that's the that's the, the trailer within itself. I I I this is how I feel, right? I think this might be potentially Spider-Man free syndrome, right? If all of this rumors are true that Electro is gonna be there, that you know, Doc Ock we obviously know is gonna be there. The, we also see, and I missed this out, you actually see one of the pumpkin bombs from uh, that look exactly the same as the pumpkin bomb from uh, Spider-Man 1 from Green Goblin. And the same cackle as well. You hear the cackle, so there's a good chance that you might see um, Green Goblin there. This, and also the rumours that there's going to be multiple Spider-Men. Uh, you know, they say, people constantly said that they've seen Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield on set. I've seen pictures that could be very, very good photoshops or, you know, credible uh, set pictures. Mm. This is too overstuffed. It's too much. It's too much going on. Um, I've, I've, I've actually had a thought about this and it goes back to uh, James Gunn, actually. Mm-hmm. Why does James Gunn do good multi-character stories? Um, because it seems like he leans on the fact that there is a main character and there's a main villain and then we have side characters with purpose. Mm-hmm. That's what I realized about all his films: main character, main antagonist, and then side characters with purpose. Mm-hmm. In the Spider-Man Three, uh, Tobey Maguire films, when you look at the three villains that were in it, they all had their own not side plots but main plots. Yeah. So it automatically become overstuffed. Yeah. When you look at um, 
what other film? X X uh, X Men Three, yeah, right? Yeah. Same thing. They were trying to do the Phoenix Saga. They tried to do uh, Magneto taking over, and I think there was a oh with the um, a, a syringe to take the dead off all mutants, yeah. right? They had three main stories. Yeah. So it seems like James Gunn has taught us, or at least a good story that has a lot of characters in it, have an antagonist, a protagonist, and a main story, mm-hmm. and everyone else next to it. Because if you look at Suicide Squad, we saw who the uh, main character was, right? Mm-hmm. It was heavily lent in to be Idris Elba. Yeah. Down to his daughter and everything. And then you had just a bunch of side characters. Mm-hmm. These side characters actually swept over to Harley Quinn for that small stint. But, you know, the main character was Idris Elba. Yes. And then everyone just had a purpose. The minute you didn't have a purpose, you just didn't see them. Like, King Shark was in it for a little bit. They disappeared after a while because, all right, cool. We're going to bring you back to rip someone in half. You know, like, they, they kept it simple. They didn't do any. Everything was almost purposeful. Yes. So I'm hoping that in this film, we have a main antagonist. It might be Doc Ock. It might be someone else. And then he is the person either notoriously in the comics, if no one knows, he's the one that's usually in charge of the Sinister Six. Maybe he's bringing these people together mm-hmm. to be antagonists for Spider-Man or whoever is the other antagonist, uh, uh, protagonist, such as the other Spider-Man. We've even seen it in um, Into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, uh, where we had a lot of villains. Yes. We had a lot of protagonists as well. Yes. But once again, going back to what I just said, we had the main character, we had the main uh, antagonist, and then we had a bunch of side characters with singular purposes. Nicolas Cage being um, the noir character, right? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man noir, right? When you think about it, he didn't have his own story he just had a purpose yeah. and he fulfilled his purposes yeah. some of them comedic some of them relatable and that was it they didn't try and like Ike Corgan now is going to make him the main character it was always Miles Morales yes and then very closely uh, Peter Parker the older one yes so yeah I think that is the formula for actually uh, creating stories so I'm just trying to think what can we tell from the trailer that indicates if it's one way or the other mm-hmm. you know what I mean like do you think that all the villains that are going to come through they're going to have their own trying to be as fleshed out story to be an antagonist to Spider-Man or the other Spider-Man. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's, it's it's very interesting to see. I hope it's the James Gunn approach. Yeah. But, you know, right now, it, it's it, there's no way to tell. See, we don't even know if Doc Ock is actually saying hi to Tom Holland. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what Tom Holland looks like. He knows what Tobey Maguire looks like. People have theories you know? about that. People do have feelers, th- theories about that. I think some people have a theory that it's going to be like a quantum leap situation. I don't know. Did you ever watch the show Quant- Quantum right. Leap? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, he's actually might be hopping through multiple different dimensions and timelines or uh, worlds where each time he pops up, they see him as either the Tobey Maguire, but he's only himself. Or in another one, they right. see him as right. Andrew Garfield, but he is only himself. Um, but to circle back to your whole formula of the um, the the James Gunn formula, I think it, you're, you're, not to discredit your theory. I think your your theory does hold water. I think it's deeper than that. And the re- of course, of course. the reason why I think so it's is very that, surface. Um, not that it's surface. I think it's like your 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 theory on his his. Um, his formula is actually apropos but i think on on a holistic sense is that that's kind of like the formula of a lot of strong strong storylines i think there's something a bit more specific right but i think it applies to a lot of films where again it goes to the ensemble cast right and it's something that i'm going to make up now and it's called the m&m approach right it's either the mission or the MacGuffin. now 
if you can throw me out any movie in terms of like an ensemble cast that's actually been successful and I'll show you how it fits either the mission format or the MacGuffin. And what I mean by that is either there's a mission to be focused on, i.e. Suicide Squad. The whole focus is the mission. We already know what the end goal is, right? Because we're told early on that is Starro and the mission is to Thingy. And everything we learn about every character is on the road to the mission. And we don't deviate from that. And that's the problem you have something with Spider-Man 3 where they don't really have the mission or the MacGuffin. It ends up being, we need to figure out how you care about Sandman. We need to figure out how you care about Harry Osborn. We need to figure out how you care about Venom. And in the end, you don't care about any of them. Going back to James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy is either the mission or the MacGuffin, and this is why you can argue why Guardians of the Galaxy 1 for a lot of more people is better than Guardians of the Galaxy 2, whereby the mission in, uh, or is, they both have the mission and the MacGuffin with the first movie, mm -hmm. whereby they got the, the, uh, the, the Power Stone, mm -hmm. and their mission is to figure out how to get it to somebody safely before, you know, Ronin gets to it, right? Whereas you look at Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's no real mission. Early on, he meets his dad. It's almost like the antagonist is figuring out how to complete his mission of right. trying to figure it. And it's like, for better or for worse, you know, I know a lot more people that prefer Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and can't put their, necessarily their finger on it over the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I think it's the same thing where you're, you're, you hope that when you have an ensemble cast that they're going on that journey and you know what that journey is it's all about how you figure it out within these people and that's how you learn from them right going to suicide squad i already mentioned that it's the same thing um and this is the problem what i the have how, how do we apply this for the to the first suicide squad how do you apply it to the first suicide what squad? was the issue with the first suicide squad? This, i think the yeah. greater issue with the first suicide squad is that you didn't really learn anything about the character you had the mission but no information about the character you cared about. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, it's a, a given example of that situation is that when that guy sacrificed himself, right? The, uh, the, the guy that can burn people with flame, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We didn't learn anything about him. So when he died, we didn't care. We had the mission or the MacGuffin, right? Is to get to the Enchantress because she's taken over the, the thingy but you also got a b plot with the joker that doesn't serve the mission or mcguffin so it's like when it came to introducing yeah. him you got poor writing on his uh, on his part poor perform well a particular performance let me not say poor performance but in the end you didn't care about it because it didn't serve the mission or mcguffin i think that's that's for the most part when you have an episode uh, ensemble cast i'm simplifying in terms of mission and mcguffin but you have a through line you know that these group of people are trying to get from A to B to C and everything that you learn from them is in service to that core tenant. If you just have loads of characters that serve kind of meandering motivations, I can say consistently those movies have done poorer versus the ones that are actually are far more streamlined. And go for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That, that's, that's like, I completely agree with you 100%. Mm. Yeah. It's almost as if if you combine what both of we uh, both what both of us said, yeah, you can easily simplify it to the point where okay, if you cut out this character mm -hmm. or if you cut out this story, mm -hmm. does it affect the film? Because mm -hmm. you said it has to always serve as a mission 
or the MacGuffin, right? Yeah. Same thing I was saying, how like, you know, you have a main story, you have the main character, you have the protagonist, yeah. and then you have the side characters that serve a purpose, yeah. right? If you can cut out an entire character mm-hmm. out of a film, or you can cut an entire plotline out of the film, yeah. it doesn't help itself. Yeah. It actually makes it look like a bad film. Yeah. You can cut out, for example, if we're looking at the first Suicide Squad, the entire plot of the Joker. Yeah. It was not necessary. Yeah. It was kind of relevant towards the end, but not on a major scale that would actually affect the main plotline. Same thing with um, the, the fire guy. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, his only purpose was that, but because it didn't really hype him up or anything, it didn't build towards anything. It's like, oh, you're here for that one thing. He could have literally been in a fridge or inside a cave or whatever for the entire film and then they press the button to release him to actually do the fire thing yeah to try and take out the bad guy and that's it it wasn't even all that effective to be honest no no because but you know the only, if you can the only personal time yeah. we have for him is to have that info dot when he explains what uh, that he killed his family and that's it but juxtapose that to somebody like polka dot man where you have his backstory he tells you it then you have the progression of that when he can only kill somebody when he imagines that they're his mother then you have moments where he forms friendship with the rest of the group where he forms friendship with another character that ends up dying and he say like how can you not remember that guy he's been with us the whole time i really really liked him the but it's still in service of the main mission it's not like hey i'm polka dot man i need to go to left for some reason i'll be back it's like well where are you going oh i need to solve the the tesseract syndrome Oh, what's that? Don't worry about it. We'll get back to that. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't do that. You don't, you don't, you don't do that. And to relate it back to Spider Man, this is the problem I I have with it. Um, the great problem is this: we already have the esta- uh, the establishment of the multiverse being rebirth with Loki, right? And that's been done in a very particular way. It's been done by the death of of one of the variants of Kang the Conqueror, right? The one that uh, the one that who who remains. He was the one that was kind of keeping the timeline in check. Now you got another explanation of the multiverse being sprung forth in Spider-Man. Now for me what what causes the problem for me is that Marvel's had their plan, right? We have to remember this is a Sony production and obviously Marvel has consultation with sony so they probably told them their plans and this probably all been agreed with but there's two different explanations for a birth of multiverse again i'm assuming it's a birth of a multiverse it could be something completely different right uh but i'm just judging off of the trailer but i feel like from the trailer it's like and all of the rumors it's doing the most Loki kept it kind of relatively simple within its thing where it's Loki and even when you see the variants is still variants of Loki right it goes back to the whole thing the mission or the MacGuffin his mission is to try to escape or catch the other uh, variant Loki right everything else that leads to the culmination of the figuring out the origins of the TVA so he can get out leads him to the, uh, the one who will remain right with with Peter Parker Spider-Man, I get the mission is for him to get to the point where nobody knows who he is. But even within the trailer, he messes up by trying to make caveats. It was like, well, I think this person should know and this person should know. And what about MJ? And that's what causes the schism. That cause what causes this this situation that we're in, but when still not too clear. 
I'm just worried that it's it's going to be Spider-Man 3 where you have loads of villains and it's just a mess. That's it, to simplify it. Okay. Um, it sounds like you're talking about a mess in terms of the um, of how they convey the logic in the film plus the number of uh, villains inside this. I'm not even worried about and, the and logic. The I think uh, they're just going to rely on the fact that, oh, you already know these characters because we had them in previous films. We're not going to do the, the, the due diligence of actually developing them as characters within this film. That's the thing that I'm worried well, about. I, I, would, I would argue that's what they did with the first Avengers film. That is, that is very true. And if, 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 if you separate that film from all the other films... Mm. A lot of characters or the characters that we've seen from other films don't get a lot of introduction mm. because they were introduced in the other films. Yes. It, it's, it was seen as more as a sequel. Yes. So technically this eighth Spider-Man film is a sequel to the seventh Spider-Man film that came previous potentially. I will give you that, but I think the difference is there's a recency bias, mm. right? With the Avengers movie, we had, what, two years of previous individual films because there was two each year leading up to the Avengers. In terms of recency, yeah. I think if you're going into the Avengers, not w- watching the previous film, that's to your own detriment. Don't, it's, don't go into that thinking like, well, I didn't learn anything about Dr. Selvig. It's like, well, you should have watched Thor. Now, when it comes to- You can to, say the same thing with this film. No, the reason why I can't is because the, first Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man movie came out in 2002, I believe, or 2004. No, 2004, yeah. That's literally a whole bunch of kids not even born yet. Yeah. So in terms of recency, it's like the trailer doesn't even tell you to go back and watch Spider-Man 1 and 2, right? You're going to be like that 14-year-old kid trying to think like, I don't really get what's significant about that tentacle because you've never seen Spider-Man 2. It's it's very interesting because you get these different characters in different different mediums, uh, mainly the TV shows, mm-hmm. the animated TV shows. Yeah. So they probably have notes like, oh, wow, that's that might be this or that might be that. Yeah. Right. But in terms of like going back to 2004, um, it, it does feel like kids are more in, in tuned with history. Not not because they're they're watching these films. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think it's more so with what is pop culture. Yeah people tend to just go backwards when it comes to popular films and when these films come out it kind of spurs them to like okay cool what's everyone talking about there were spider-man films before tom holland yeah let me research and look into it but i'll tell you or maybe not even bother watching it and let me just actually look at um articles what people are saying online because there's quite a few instagram profiles or even just uh youtube channels that dive in heavily to all of this and you can find out about the entire history of something in like half an hour. That's v- that's very videos. true, but that's like but that's you know, on the the that, that's very that's on the audience to do the legwork, and I think that shouldn't always be the exactly. case when you go see a film, um, because I think well, that was a fair criticism yeah. when people criticize Avengers for that. I think that was a fair criticism that it required mm. previous films, but it's like I legit this right. There's kids that we go play basketball basketball with in the court can that have n- that. Are not aware of Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. They only know about yeah, Andrew not. Garfield. Even at that, so it's one of those ones. It's like that aside, I can't necessarily fault the movie for because I haven't watched it yet. My concern is is that there's too much seasoning in this stew, right? Not that it's like it's flavorful, but you're trying to mix. Oh, there's a little bit of ice cream here. I'm gonna put pepper, and I'm gonna put salt, and I'm gonna put paprika, and I'm just gonna put slime. And this is your new stew. It's 
the problem that I'm gonna have because also within the what they've actually confirmed, Sony's confirmed this that this Doctor Octavius is not the same as Spider Man Two's one. He looks the same because right. it's the same actor, but he's not the same. He's actually different. Well, he couldn't be because that Doc Ock. He died. You know, you know. Yeah, he died. So it it, it couldn't be yeah. that. That I'll well, yeah. For the people that didn't know, didn't know in it, mm-hmm. but I was that was always the assumption for me. Yeah. But you know that's 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 my feelings on it, and you know, is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, you know, with everything that we've talked about, it does feel like you said it does feel like it might get a bit bloated. However, let's let's hope that they stick to our particular rules mm-hmm. about you know how they convey a story. It does seem like it's going to be a romp with Spider Man and Doctor Strange, yeah. and them just kind of doing their own thing. This being uh, Doctor Strange 1.5 yeah. before uh, Multiverse of Madness. But uh, yeah, it, it, I don't think it's going to do what Spider-Man 3 did. I'm, I'm because... going to give them all the faith because you know what? I think, again, what goes back to is that they were two for two with the original Spider-Man movies, right? Then Spider-Man 3 ended up happening. I'm not going to talk about Andrew Garfield's situation because that's a unique situation. But again, with the Tom Holland, they're two for two right now. And they've kept it mm. really relatively simple, relatively grounded. Do you know what I was actually, before the, all of the rumours came out about the multiverse thing, do you know what actually mm. what I actually thought this new movie, I remember when that movie ended, right? Do you know what I thought this movie was going to be? I thought it was going to be, oh shit, what, would, would it be dope if they got Matt Murdock, Daredevil, to be his lawyer and he's trying to figure out a legal way to get uh, to get out of this situation and you find out that Mysterio didn't actually, like, I think that would have been far more interesting because you you're not distracted about by the fantastical nature of the situation. You got the opportunity to have real character moments, like a really deep yeah. question. Right now, we're going to end up getting spectacle after spectacle. It's like because you've 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 set as expectation high with a trailer like that. People are not expecting yeah. a complex character-driven um, story. Well, what I would say on that is. Mm-hmm. That probably would have been a much better idea yeah. and something that they would have considered if they weren't trying to set up phases. Because that's not like this is something that hopefully is a great story mm-hmm. or a good story, but it's being used to say, all right, cool, we're doing this to help, you know, set up these next few films. Because we're talking about the Mobiles of Madness. We're talking about, you know, Kang coming through. We're talking about this coming through. Uh, Wonders coming through mm-hmm. at some point in the in the phase. They're using this as a jump off point to be like, all right, to set up the future films and i'm not just talking about on the marvel side on the sony side as well because we don't know what this film might do i think i think you're spot on quote spider-verse multiverse i think you're spot on because by by doing you know i mean right i think all of this was done yes i i I, to set up sinister six because remember way back in the day after spider-man 2 came out to do that sony said they're not going to be part of the mcu no more i think all of this stuff was probably like in initial scripts and it's just lucky that they managed to make a deal with uh, Marvel again. And that's the only reason why Doctor Strange in it. And again, it goes back to something that I mentioned to you before the show, right? What if that is not Doctor Strange? What if it's actually Mysti- Mephisto? And all of those people oh, that were like... Don't give me that Mephisto BS again. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those ones that the only reason why I think that is that... I know. Why would, I he, know. Why would Doctor Strange, who just went through what he went through, not only in his movie, right? with the whole time travel thing and created this villain, uh, uh, Baron Mordo, uh, Mordo, um, because obviously that guy hates the fact that he messed with time. 
also again using like the the perception of different timelines in in Infinity War. Why would he do something as stupid as do this just for one kid? Again, the the move it's down to the movie to actually make me uh, understand it and feel like okay, that's a credible reason. Because on the outside looking in is that you are the master of the mystic arts, the sorcerer supreme, and you are willing to rewrite all of reality for one kid's secret identity. Fair enough, he helped you save the the planet. But like, why would do you, know, you do that all... and not bring Tony Stark yeah. back to life? I I realize with a lot of these films that. If they, they try and set things I don't know if it's because I don't know how difficult it is to write all of this it might be incredibly difficult especially with a lot of people having expectations but imagine in a lot of these films there is always one stupid stupid thing that acts as the inciting incident mm-hmm. like there, there are a lot of films where it happens naturally but in quite a few films in, in the MCU as well someone does something dumb yeah. that helps push forward the story yeah and for me, sometimes I just can't shake. I'm like, nah, that was dumb. Yeah. This should have been better. Um, but then people always have their reasonings for doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for example, with Peter Quill. And everyone has their opinion about it. Uh, but even with Peter Quill with uh, bashing Thanos in the head, mm-hmm. you know, when he said that, uh, when he found out what happened to Gamora. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yo, you had the Man Titans in your clutches. You almost had them. And then, boom, Peter Quill caused it, uh, issues. Yeah. Even uh, Thor not aiming for the head, you know, I was like, bro, <laughs> go for the brain. Mm-hmm. Or even in this case, with uh, Peter Parker and uh, Stephen Strange, like messing up the um, uh, the uh, the spell, mm-hmm. or even Iron Man uh, accidentally creating Ultron, not really thinking about the bigger picture and how this could actually blow up in his face, because. Mm-hmm you know, due diligence. So it, there's always relatively bad decisions mm-hmm. that happen that kind of push forward the story. And this might be one of them. I think there's, For me, I think there's bad decisions, I, but when you're kind of yeah. instituting something like, oh, I can alter reality, then why are you not doing that to other things? Why? That's the question that, that I have that the yeah, movie's going to... You gonna, set up the rules. Why don't you apply the rules to literally everything else? And that's why it could be the case that there's there might be something deeper that... Again, this is the teaser trailer. We haven't actually technically gotten the real trailer, Ken. The, 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 this is technically the it's trailer teaser yeah. trailer. So in terms of when they it's, drop, it's trailer one. No, well they they stated it as a, the the teaser. Again, it's one of those ones. It's it's a market employee. It's just a te- It's just a trailer. You're right, but it calls into questions that maybe we're getting the perspective that's actually off. Maybe all of these rumors were actually just rumors, and when it comes down to the full film, we will actually get the. And I remember I remember talking about this way back when when they were making all of these rumors about this character is going to appear and this character is going to appear. Do you know what I was really really hoping? That all of that when they said like oh people were seeing Andrew Garfield on set and Mike um what's his game what's his name uh Michael Fo- uh, Jamie Fo- Jamie Fox uh, was saying uh, right. he confirmed that he was going to be back as Electro but he's going to be a different kind of Electro. My hope was really hoping that he was actually playing himself Jamie Fox as an actor playing an Electro in a a adaptation because i remember it was actually an issue wow. of Ult- they did that in ultimate Spider-Man. yes they did and i was, that was nice. i was hoping that that was going to be it but it seems like it's going to be deeper but again we're going to have to wait for this movie the trailer was dope it was a fun movie but it got me concerned that there's too too much seasoning you you overseas it's a donut we know what a donut is the donuts are delicious you don't have to give me every sprinkling every toffee injected with jam and you're doing the most. 
Yeah, let's just hope it's the Suicide Squad and not Spider Man Three. Yes, yes, that, that's what I could yes. say. Um, Ken, uh, you said you we we can uh, briefly talk about some other things, but you you I didn't actually watch a lot this week, but you said you watched something that you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I watched uh, a new film called uh, The Protege. Mm-hmm. Right, Protege has uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Michael Keaton, and the main actress Maggie Q escapes my. Maggie Q, Maggie Q, um, very, very popular TV show she was in called Nikita, yes. where she played a similar character, where she was a, a lethal killer that could do no wrong, was trained from child. She was, just like would you say, Ken, <laughs> that she was a her. femme fatale? Oh, she was a femme fatale. Yes, she was. Uh, yes, she is in this film. Mm-hmm. And they kind of left it off at the end to potentially make sequels to this. Yeah. But yeah, we have these very notable big characters um, or actors playing a bog standard like actually do you know what I'm going to give you a small brief about some things inside uh, the film and I want to see if you can tell me exactly what happens in this film okay right all right so Samuel Jackson is her mentor yes. she is the protege yes. um there is a uh, they are assassins yes they 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 do contract killings, mm-hmm. um, and the main antagonist or the bad guy in this um, is gunning for them. Right. What's the like? What's the plot? How do you think that they met, and what is the general pro- plot for this? I don't know because the, the, what you describe seems so generic that I've seen fifty different variations of this. Okay. Um, uh, give me some color. Give me some color. I don't know if it could be one or two things. If I was to yeah. assume that her mentor gets killed, she wants to seek revenge, and she finds out there's a B plot where the person that killed her killed her mentor actually has bigger plans, and she's there to basically say, "No, I'm shutting down your plans, and I'm also getting revenge, and I'm going to kill fifty people on the way to do it." John Wick style. Yeah. <laughs> And the reason why, uh, thank you very much for that, Tony. The reason why I asked you to do that, because that is how I felt five minutes into this film. Right. I was like, I know where this is going yeah. because I've seen it a million times. I know you've seen it a million yeah. times. And just hearing the premise, like it reminded me of, have you ever seen Leon the Professional? Oh, I love that movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. There was elements of this, but it got capped off in the first 10 minutes where you had uh, an assassin and you had a little girl. Yeah. And they, you know, that's because that's how they got introduced, yeah. right? Where and that's why Samuel Jackson took her on because, like, oh, you're a little, you're a little shit, but you got gut, you got gumption, yeah. you, you got, got Maxi kid, and then he, you got Maxi kid, like until she, he took him on, but then that ended very, very quickly, and then they literally sped up like thirty years later, mm-hmm. so which was okay, whatever, and everything you said happens, and there's a couple of twists that diver that diverge from what you said, yeah. but. When I hear the twists, it makes what you said, which is the bog standard story, kind of not make sense. Right. Um, and I don't know if anyone listening is actually going to watch it. Um, I don't want to necessarily reveal the twist that happens in it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's it's something that you can see coming a bloody mile away. And, well, not the twist, just the entire plot, to be honest. And I found myself rolling my eyes like, oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they did it. Oh, they're going to do this. Oh, they did it. Oh, she's going to be able to take on everything yeah. that moves. Oh, she did. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to criticize it for being, you know, ticking boxes because, you know, 
that's that's not what I'm here for. So when when I know it's ticking boxes, I try and criticize it for what it did do well. Mm-hmm. Michael Keating is the best thing in this film. Yes, my lord, he's suave. His character is well well better written than the other characters. Yeah. He's competent. He can do like even the way he moved to move to the girl man. I'm like, yo, this guy's got game as well. Mm-hmm. Like. Because uh, he went to London to go see her and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'm trying to look for this book. I'm trying to do, like, nah, he, he had moves, man. Yeah. And even, I haven't seen Michael Keaton in do action ever, yeah. ever since Batman. And he gets into a few action scenes into this and not jump cut, you know, shaky cam type action. Genuine, you see him punch someone yeah. and it looks convincing. Ooh. He looks competent. Ooh. You know what I mean? So Violent if, uh, if anything, if anyone's going to watch this film, watch it for that guy because he, he boy, his character is just like all right cool yeah you're the most realistic person mm-hmm. here because you know you're the most realistic unrealistic person here mm-hmm. because a lot of the things that happen in this film with this type of plot it's pretty damn unrealistic i got a random i got um, a random fun fact ken do you know what michael keaton's real name is batman i i wish i wish bruce wayne no <laughs> no his real name is actually michael douglas yeah. <laughs> no, I did know this. Yeah. I did know he, this. That is why you had to change yeah, yeah. it. Uh, because when you yep. when you yep. join up to uh, to the film actors guild, um, you have to sign up with a unique name. And obviously, there was already a Michael Douglas, as in the famous actor Michael Douglas, in the film actors guild. So he actually just chose the name Keaton by by random because it just sounded like another Irish name like which Keaton is an Irish name and Douglas is an Irish name and he's of Irish descent so he just chose the name Keaton um at random a lot of people thought that he was uh, related to the actress Diane Keaton uh but there's no relationship uh, r- relation whatsoever but that movie the, the movie that you described it sounds like something that's fun that I remember that I could watch like uh midday on ITV just for the hell of it uh, or yeah. if it's on it's a background film yeah. you watch it while you're doing other yeah, stuff it sounds like something that would drop on Netflix as an exclusive and be like oh Netflix uh, I guess you tried I, I guess I'll watch this um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Just like is that. there anything you want to add on that film? Um, yeah besides saying watch Michael Keating and so, like it's a film that I was like wait Samuel Jackson and Michael Keating in the same film together yeah. in a film that is not big budget yeah. okay cool it seems um, like a missed it, opportunity it a right week. yeah 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 if anything do you know what do you know what this film reminded what? me a, a lot of it reminded me of the years in between uh, before uh the hitman's bodyguard uh, okay because it's literally samuel jackson do the exact same role right. he's a very competent assassin that takes out high level bad guys or even good guys and you know, you even have a security guard guy in this film that reminded me of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, I've I've I protected dictators. I've protected you know heads of states. I've protected this guy. Mm-hmm. No one's getting past him. I'm like, what? That's what Ryan Reynolds said before he lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, things progressed the way it was. So it feels like you know, Samuel Jackson is playing the exact same character because he still had that kind of silly nature to yeah. him and that cool. Like he's still oh my, you see like in Pulp Fiction where he has his monologue mm-hmm. before he smokes someone. Yeah. He has a couple of those in this film, like, yo, you're a cold motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he says some cold stuff yeah. in this film. So, yeah, it's a combination of all the roles that he's comfortable yeah. with. You know, him being that guy from Pulp Fiction and him being um, the hitman's bodyguard character from, well, that film. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, if anything, if you want to see more of that Samuel Jackson, that's what, that's what you're going to get here. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to get here. Okay, okay. 
Um, now, Ken, I want to talk about something different. Um, there's now often the time we talk mostly about film and TV because that's our that's our niche. But for some people that don't know out there, we also are like you know semi avid gamers. Obviously, we're older now. We don't actually have as much time as we used to, but we play here and there. And every so often, I know. But especially for me, I come across a very unique experience, a very unique game, and I want to really want to talk about it. So there's this game get again that just came out called Twelve Minutes. Are you familiar with the game? Have you any intention nah, to play this game? Um, yeah. Well, if it's a good game, for sure. Problem is, me talking about it will spoil it from the moment the, the moment go. So you need to make the decision right now. Do you want me to be spoiler free as possible? Yes, please. Okay. I, I do want to watch it. <laughs> All right. So the problem with this game is okay. that every single aspect of this game is valid, right? That's the only thing I can explain in that manner. Everything you do has a purpose and leads to not one, but multiple endings in this game, right? And what I mean by that is that essentially this game has about, uh, because there's about 12 achievements and let me get into it. Let me get into it. So... The game is called 12 Minutes. It stars Daisy Ridley, uh, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe. All of this takes place in a, an apartment room, right? And none of the characters are actually really given any real names. Um, but James McAvoy, it opens up. He comes out of a lift, and he's walking towards his apartment. He's forgotten his key again, and he's trying to get in. But his girlfriend's actually left a key in a plant to the left. You step into the apartment. Everything is nice. Your girlfriend, played by Daisy Ridley, comes and and um, greets you. This is going to be spoiler light, but if you've seen the trailer to the game, you'll be aware aware of, aware of it, right? Now, what proceeds to happen is this, right? She she's excited to see you. It's been a long day for you, but she wants to treat you. You don't know why yet, and it's uh it's dessert for dinner. She sets up the table. She goes into the bedroom and comes out and you share this nice little meal and she presents you with the box and in the box is actually baby clothes. Ta-da! She's pregnant with a baby. Hooray! Now you've got some dialogue choices about your response and depending on your response will kind of deviate the conversation into different ways. But there's something unique about this, Ken, uh, this game, Ken. This game plays off within a 10 minute block now you're thinking that's a bit weird it's called 12 minutes why is it a 10 minute block ah there's a reason for that and i'm not going to divulge that now what happens is you're getting into this this dinner and you're having this conversation about the baby and celebration and she asks you to dance and at about five minutes give or take you have a ringing at your doorbell somebody's trying to get in he's bashing the door he's saying he's the police and you got the option to open the door you don't but he makes his way in anyway right depending on whether well i'm not going to say depending on whether what you do but he makes his way in anyway and he accuses your girlfriend of uh, committing murder to her father eight years ago and you're saying wait what wait you killed your dad and like he proceeds to actually get her on the floor ties her up then he ties you up now he's starting to ask is like where's the watch he's like wait watch where is the pocket watch and she's saying i don't know what the hell you're talking about and he asks her again you got one more chance to tell me where the pocket watch is now she says i still don't know what you're talking about he makes his way over to you now 
while you're face down on the floor tied up and he strangles you to death, but you don't die. The game reloads. You are back in your apartment at the beginning of the day. Now, okay, say less, say less, say this, less. This is so sick. This repeats <laughs> again and again and again yeah. and again. And you need to figure out what the hell is going on. What is causing this time loop? Now, bear in mind, Ken, this takes place only in an apartment. If you try to leave the apartment, you can't. It reloads again. This reminds me of like uh, Bandersnatch or any uh, loop storyline. Somebody told me about that. It's I great. actually you, you you learn you learn more as you uh, rewatch and watch again. I never played Bandersnatch, so somebody it was when I was you never played I've it. Never played Bro, it's on Netflix now. I man. should try it, but it's, it's I heard like mostly people say uh, there's not much interactivity and the story is not that great, so I kind of stayed away from it. Uh, but Ken, this game. There's a point where it becomes very, very, very frustrated. And if you're not paying attention, like there's some small things, right? And when you do activate them, each one of them is an achievement. So I won't talk too much, but as a little hint to help you when you do play and for anybody listening. Nah, bro, I don't want no hints. I do escape rooms for fun, B. Don't worry. Oh, well, don't this, worry this me, is bro. not necessarily going to help you with a, a, <laughs> a, a, a loop, but I will say this. Anything that can be looked at, look at it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Anything that can be looked right. at, you look at that. And you look at it deeply. And you always look at it. Be looking. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. That, that, that's like, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in these type of uh, loop games. Because mm-hmm. um, even there was a game that you was playing a while back ago that I really wanted to play. Um, that character with a flaming head and it restarts the entire game again. Um, oh, dead cells. And you more as you dead progress. cells. Dead cells. So, see, that's well, it. that's different. That's a that's a roguelike. And I've been actually playing another roguelike called Hades. I think I mentioned that to you by messages today. Where it's like you're getting as far as far as far as you can. So the whole story about Hades, I'll go into this one as well. Is that you play the son of Hades, uh, called um, Zagreus, and he's sick and tired of his life in in Hades in hell. He wants to get out. He wants to be up there with his godly family in Olympus. And he doesn't get why his dad won't let him. So he ventures off trying to make his way up through the depths of Tartarus. And he's met with uh, monsters after monsters, basically in the ploy of his dad that are trying to kill him. And when you do die, you get sent back into this blood pit and you walk you walk out resurrected again back at the beginning and you just do it again and again and again collecting resources that make you more so everything you can you collect on a run is mostly temporary except for like things like that are spendable um and when you when you spend those things you can actually apply them to make you more gradually more powerful and as the story progresses you actually unlock um new weapons via picking up keys in the world while you're playing it and as you open up more keys, you can open up more powerful weapons. You can upgrade those weapons. So you're getting more and more efficient with your weapon to the point. I got all the way to the end, Ken. Final boss battle. I'm not going to say who it is. But they do that cheeky shit where you think you've won. Then they magically have a second life bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got, and I got wiped. <laughs> and I had like... And because, you know, with roguelikes... It's mostly randomized in terms of what abilities you get along the way. And this loadout I had on this run, Ken, it was so amazing. It was so amazing for, I'm going to do it. And I did do it, but I didn't do it because he had another life. So he did me and I was pissed. 
but those are the two things that <laughs> I actually consume, Ken, and they're both a banger, man. I recommend for any person that's gotten this far to listening to the show, definitely recommend Twelve Minutes. It plays out like a brilliant movie, like, and it's done by Annapurna, and Annapurna have been making really great movies and really get great games. Like they really choose very things that are not going to be the mainstream things that are not going to sell millions upon millions but are going to have very very unique stories and unique experiences and ken when you get to the end of this game and you find out there's put it this way there's multiple endings and there's multiple true endings right bro all right cool i'm gonna I'm get this game uh later yeah. on but I need you to do Bandersnatch. I'll check out Bandersnatch because, and I'll give you my impressions of Bandersnatch. Because I think there'll be a, there'll be some overlap between the yeah, two for sure. Yeah. Um, especially the way like it's weird, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's proper weird, and this sounds like a weird game as yes. well. Uh, so I love it. It goes back to what I was saying earlier on in this podcast about um, how I'm used to just stuff in general. Mm-hmm. I've seen films a million times. Yes. Like the way I experienced things when I was younger, it, I don't experience it the same mm-hmm. way. I'm looking for new. Yes. I'm always looking for new experiences. Yes. Like I don't just want another shooter uh, game. I just don't want another like bog standard game. I want I right, maybe use that mechanic within the game. But what can you do brand new for mm. it? That is a new experience I've never experienced. The last time I actually have felt that way, slightly different from what we've been talking about, but still in the vein of games, is VR. Like I've been to a couple of VR um, cafes, and my lord i've i felt like a kid mm-hmm. not because it was kiddie shit or like uh you know stuff that is five-year-olds it's because i'm experiencing something that i am experiencing for the first time and it, it blew my mind so yeah anytime you recommend me stuff like this i'm always looking for that new new and this sound, this sounds like something that is not necessarily particularly new but different enough from the games that we've played um in recent history so yeah I, i'm excited to play this game for yeah. sure so yeah, I've I, I completed that. Got all of the well, I've got um, I think most of the endings. I think um and the endings are tied to achievements. One of which is not an ending; is technically something you have to do in the game. Uh, the other one is definitely an ending, and I know how to do it, but I don't know how to pop it. Uh, in terms of uh, like you know, uh, popping the execution to how it plays out. Um, and depending on how you feel, you'll either find the ending to be either very interesting or very anticlimactic. That's all I can say. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, regardless, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that new yeah. new, so I, I don't mind. I think, mind I think Ken, uh, we can call it a wrap there. I think, you know, we talked about a lot of things in depth. Uh, I know you, you, got, you got plans, you got things to do, you got, you got adulting to do um so first of all i guess i just want to <laughs> say thank you for all of the people that joined us this week that came back around i know we took a break uh we have a very small very small audience but we appreciate the people that stick around with us every week uh we want to thank you and i hope that you enjoyed this episode this week uh you can find us in the usual places on instagram um ken on i am mr ken myself on royal.majesty and the podcast on ondeck.podcast And this is us signing out. Peace. Adios, people.